Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Hey, how good is it to have like worship music again? Wow, Jamie. One, one clap. One clap for Jamie. Thanks, guys. Ashley, Jez, I'm going to get you to clap, play again in a second, but not right now. You can sit there for a second if you want. Or you can sit where, no, you can sit wherever you want. Right. Is that all right? That's, good. That's a good spot. Easy access. Yeah. Good. Oh. Very good. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know how to speak in front of people. I want to talk about the Restoration Corridor. We've got a little sign at the front there. And uh, 2018, we were sort of deciding where to plant. We were planting out of Norara Valley Baptist Church. And it really came down to two, two places. One was Long Jetty and one was Hamlin Terrace. Praise the Lord that we're not in Hamlin Terrace right now. <laughs> Nothing against Hamlin Terrace, but I like Long Jetty better. And um, I spent a day praying. Many of you have heard this story before. But uh, I was walking along the foreshore at Long Jetty, actually probably pretty much like out in front of here. And there was a sign that captured my attention. And it was a little sign about all the bush that's coming in here and said, this is a restoration corridor. And what they're doing is they're, they're putting in plant life in order to connect like this little slither of land, this corridor of land to the rest of the central coast so that wildlife can move up and down. And I felt like God speak to me at that moment, it was just an image that, that sort of came to mind that I felt like he was saying that this is a restoration corridor, this, this slither of land, this most densely populated part of the central coast, the lake on one side, the ocean on the other, that this is a space that he's marked for restoration, to bring renewal, not just like new cool cafes, but to bring healing and hope and community and life hope for the future, and that we were called to join with him in that, just to be another plant. He's already at work in homes and houses and churches, but that this is a restoration corridor, and that's why we find ourselves here a couple of years later. It's been a journey, hey? I remember we, um, we first met in our garage. There was 35 of us in the peak of summer, uh, definitely not COVID safe, cramming into the into the, the garage there. I remember Lee and Mandy Dart, uh, M's parents, bringing a, like, a portable uh, air conditioning unit every week because it was just so hot and they like, you could put it into the, the window. It did nothing, but like, it made us feel like it was doing something. Um, and I remember you know, we, we launched in the pub and uh, it was a great, great space for us. I remember Lauren, I don't know, Lauren, I remember the, the day before we launched in that, <laughs> like the dirty old bar that we're just cleaning with just the most random stuff in it, um, getting ready for kids' church. And we've got a great kids' space that we're going to launch next week, uh, which is really exciting to not be in a dank um, old whiskey bar. <laughs> and we would walk in, and you'd never know what you'd find, you know, the morning of, of church, you'd get there, at, you know, Vince would come at like, I don't know, 4 a.m. and pick up a trailer. And I remember one morning, 
we got there and there was a karaoke machine, like right where the stage was. Like they'd had a karaoke party the night before and like it was too heavy to move. And so we just put a black sheet over the top of it and put some plants around it. And it was like in the middle of the gathering, the karaoke dude like walks in with his trolley and he just picks it up and, and, and walks out in the middle of church. <laughs> and then, um, you know, COVID hits. And I remember we were, we were trying to find a, a permanent venue we built a little team to look at, like, places to find. We were looking at a, a piece of property, actually, like, right next to the, the pub that was for sale. And then we realized no one can afford property in Long Jetty anymore. Um, so we didn't buy that. But we're looking, we're looking all over. and We're looking in the entrance and Batter Bay at sort of different places to buy or to rent, just trying to work out what we're going to do because um, the restrictions have made it so hard to gather when it's not our own space. And um, I remember... At the beginning, at the end of last year, I came across Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, and we, we talked about this a lot at the start of this year. And we were looking at other places outside of Long Jetty, and I read this line that said, um, build homes and plan to stay. And at that moment, I, I knew that God was calling us to find something here, to find something where we had originally been called, um, to at least try and so, I, I remember at the end of last year, I called up Fiona Blair, who sort of oversees the, um, the presbytery for the Uniting Church. This was an old Uniting Church, sort of in northern Sydney, central coast. And I called her about this building, and she's like, I was like, do you want to sell it to us? Do you want to give it to us for free? Do you want to, um, you know, is there something we can do? I, I knew there was no church meeting here anymore. And she said... Look, we're open to it, but she listed six things that needed to happen, six things that needed to fall through, different plans, different things, and it sort of felt like, oh, like it's a, maybe a distant shot, but, but no way. And then I remember early January this year, she called me and she's like, you'll never guess, like this thing fell through and this thing fell through and this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing, and uh, let's, let's talk about doing something miraculously. Now, this building, it's built in 1964, and uh, I would have loved to have been in the, in the meeting <laughs> when, the, when the brave soul pitched like putting a, a clam on the roof. It's like our very own big banana. <laughs> Just like set up, a, set up a stall and sell oysters or pearls or something. Um, but it's a miracle that we're here. It really is. This, um, this building, uh, this, this property, the, the building behind us, the hall, like that was the original church that was in this spot. Over 100 years it's been here. And scriptures taught, people meeting, the presence of God, communion shared, people married, baptisms, baby dedications. We've got about 80 of them to do <laughs> soon. And um, I'm, I just feel a, a weight and a privilege to carry on the history of what's gone here. You know, for a long time, um, there's a long history of serving the community. There was a, a program called The Meeting Place, which um, was a kind of like a drop-in center for kind of disadvantaged people um, that was just crazy su su successful here. 
Uniting Care operated out of this space. And um, I'm, just, I'm just really excited to continue the legacy that was left here. And when we're considering starting to, to rent this place, uh, we invited a few people in to, to come and pray. The building looked very different then. It was like full of Operation Christmas Child boxes and <laughs> plaques everywhere. And um, there were a bunch of like prophetic words and scriptures that people had and felt like God's speaking to them. But one of the ones that I knew straight away that I wanted to speak on the first time we gathered in this place was from Ezekiel 47. Now, this is your chance to come back up. That's good. Thanks, Jess. Um, Ezekiel 47, it's a picture, and, and this, is why, this is why Jez is here, because I, I want you to take a moment, and I'm going to read it out. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to put yourself in the story. See what you can see and taste and hear. It's a story of a temple and a river. Are you ready? Are you ready, Jess? No, he's almost ready. Almost ready. Ezekiel 47. In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There, I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing out to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet. And then he led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time, the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching my son? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, the river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way to the En Gedi, to En Egalaim, 
The shores will be covered with nets drying out in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will be too salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. And there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month. For they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. Thanks, Jez. That was perfect. You're good. You can, you can choose any seat you like when you sit down. Yeah. You've earned it. Did you see it? Did you picture it? Could you follow along? The temple and the river. The temple and the river. The temple is um, a place built by the Israelites. And basically what it was, was an image of the Garden of Eden. And the Garden of Eden is set up in the biblical story as the first temple, the first place where, where humans and God meet. It's kind of the place where heaven and earth connect. The Garden of Eden is, is this, this place of, it shows the way things were meant to be. Shalom is the word they use, the world the right way up, the world as it's meant to be. And so they build this, this temple. First, it was a tabernacle, like a tent, and then a temple. And it is a microcosm of Eden. There's like all these like Eden imagery. If you see the, the building of the temple, it's like they've put trees everywhere. It's meant to like represent heaven meeting earth just like it did in Eden. And then when Jesus comes, he, refer, he refers to himself as a temple. He's now the place where heaven and earth meet. He's the like microcosm of Eden. Everywhere he went, things became right again. People were welcomed in. Leprosy was healed. People could see that couldn't see before. He brought healing and life and wisdom. And then in this image, there's the temple, this microcosm of Eden, and a river that flows out. So it flows in and it flows out the east side. It's flowing to the east. And um, in, in the Garden of Eden, there are four rivers that it talks about. And it doesn't really make sense. Like the geography of it doesn't make any sense. Those rivers are nowhere near each other. But the point of the story is that Eden is like this temple on, on a hill. Where do rivers start? They, they start on a mountain. And these four rivers were the four key rivers that went through the four major countries, the four major empires of the known world. Egypt, Assyria, Israel, and Babylon. And basically what it's saying is that uh, the, the Garden of Eden springs life to all these places. And the, the Genesis story... After you get out of Genesis 1 and 2 with the garden, it's like things slowly go to crap. They, they slowly get worse and worse. Cain kills his brother. And it kind of ends in Genesis 10, where they, they build the Tower of Babel, Babylon. And Babylon, all through the Bible, is like the, the imagery of the anti-Eden. Things as it's not meant to be. Things as, like, just messed up. They, they sacrifice kids and, you know, just all sorts of horrific stuff. Um, but this image is of a temple, this microcosm of Eden, flowing east. And the biblical story is just like following, go east, 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 out all the way to Babylon. But now, instead of like things getting worse, this is the, the story of a river flowing east and making things 
better, bringing a restoration. All these like trees pop up and the, the food is for the nations, the healing for people, this restoration. It talks about going into the Dead Sea and making it pure again. The Dead Sea is a place in Israel um, and it is literally like nothing lives there. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Um, it's salty. It's like a, a, a float tank. Like you can go and just float there. And there's nothing at all living in the Dead Sea. And it's different to the Mediterranean Sea, which is like full and teeming with life. But the only difference is that they've both got rivers flowing into them. The only difference is the Dead Sea doesn't have any output rivers. doesn't have any rivers flowing out from it. And so it's like this image of the temple and this river coming into a Dead Sea and turning it outwards. Augustine, great like father of the faith, said that sin is love turned in on itself. Sin is just love turned in on itself. But when Jesus came, what was the greatest commandment? To love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's like this turning outward. And so when it comes to like, we've got a building, awesome. But this space isn't about just inputs. We need, we need input. But it's about output. It's about a river flowing for the restoration of our neighborhoods to bring life, to bring life where there was none, to make pure. See, the way of Jesus is a journey outward. It's an unfolding from the inside out. You know, we're not meant to just be nice people with plans on Sundays. If you really want to follow Jesus, it ends in pursuing the restoration of all things. Our neighbor's house, where we work, where we get our coffee, the person we see on the street, the way we treat the earth around us, the things we say on Facebook, the arguments we don't get into. The way of Jesus for the restoration of our neighborhoods. This building is not just for us. And that's why we, you know, you'll notice we haven't called it Greenhouse Church. That's for a very specific reason. Um, I know it's easy to say for the, for the church to become the building. I'll meet you at the church. I'll see you at the church. Or I, was, I was driving past the church the other day. But the church was never meant to be a building. The church is a people a gathering of people. So that's why we call it the clam, because it not only has a clam roof, but it's, it's, it's not a church. The church gathers here. It's like it, it houses the church, but you are the church. I am the church. We are the church. And it's this gathering, this temple space where we meet God and we encounter Him through Scripture and prayer and worship and through one another. And it is a river. We scatter. We go out into our neighborhoods, into the places that we're called, into our parenthood, into our marriages, into our friendships, into our vocations. We are a temple and we are a river. A temple and a river. We're, we're a monastery. We come and we, we get filled and we experience the presence of God, but we go out in mission. Monastery and mission, gathered and scattered, temple and river. And so that's my prayer. That's my prayer for us, and the band can come back up. 
My prayer is that you would find the presence of God in this place. May this become a thin space for you encountering heaven. May this be a city on a hill where people see the good news of Jesus. May this be a space of open doors where people feel like they can come in and go out. May this be a space where Jesus is known. And may this be a space where you feel sent back into your neighborhoods, your work, your family, your streets. May this be a space that spills out, a space for mission. May this be a space for innovation and kingdom ideas. May this be a space where we know learn from, and love the poor. May this be a temple and a river. I'd love to just take a moment, just a reflection. I'd love for you to ask God, what he's saying to you? This next season, being in four months of lockdown, your rhythms are all over the place. You've got questions about God. You're trying to work out what does life look like now? What does my relationship with God look like? What does my relationship with the church look like? I wonder if you ask God what he'd be saying to you about the temple, the kind of connection with God, the space where we receive from God, or the river, the place that we, we go out, we partner with God in the restoration corridor. I wonder if there's something that God might impress on your heart. Just a next step. The next thing that he's calling you to as you emerge out of lockdown. Work out what your life is going to look like again. So Holy Spirit, I, I pray that you would come and you would speak. You don't need a microphone to speak. You just need space. And so we trust and we ask that you would give us ideas, insight, challenge, thoughts. In what direction would you have us move?